excuse me, are we on? Oh, I think so. Thank you. Hello, it's Paul. It's Nessa. It's, it's Paul, Paul and Nessa's, Nessa's Happy Hour. Hour. A sketch comedy podcast with added stuff and nonsense. I'm Paul, Prince of Drinkopia and Defender of Castle Eden Ale. I'm Nessa, his fearless friend. Fabulous comedy powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my big sword. Double entendre. And said, By, by the power of episode 15. History brought to life, 1066. Take these, you English pig dog. Look out for that arrow, Harold. Where? Oh, shit. Oh, God. Are you all right? Of course I'm not. It's my fucking eye. Why did you tell me to look up? Sorry, I was just... Oh, God, that didn't tickle. Oh, shit, I'm blind. Oh, health and safety are going to have a field day with this. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. Hello. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. It's episode 15. It is, it certainly is. You'd One think we uh, would have, you know, got the hang of it by now, wouldn't you? <laughs> what, speaking? <laughs> yeah. Well, you never stop learning, do you? Every no, day true. is a school day. Yes, every day is a school day. Yes, well, apart from when you're living through a global pandemic, of course, and then six <laughs> months isn't a school day at all. Six months is bloody teach your kids at home, dear. <laughs> I've got political you already. You have, I was going to say, political alert. <laughs> Let's stick a sketch on. Aye, good idea. They will do anything for 20 quid and a double whiskey. Sylvia, we're live. <clears throat> Welcome back. Even though it turned out to be a hoax, few of us can forget where we were during that harrowing time in the mid-80s when we were told that Mars bars had been laced with rat poison. Well, now it seems the company is in turmoil again. A scientific report has been leaked, which proves once and for all that the product can't actually help you work, rest or play. Our correspondent, Jeremy Pipette, is at the UK headquarters in Slough, and we can now talk to him live. Hello, Sylvia. Jeremy, obviously this is quite concerning. Have you been able to speak to anyone there? I haven't, Sylvia. I've been here for a while now, and to be honest, I don't think there's anyone available. The CEO of Mars has been notable by his absence. Is there any sign of a statement? Uh, to be honest, Sylvia, I don't think there's even sign of a CEO. Uh, there really isn't anything here at all. It's all quite desolate. Now, Jeremy, I know you're in Slough, but there's no need to perpetuate those old stereotypes. Uh, no, no, really, Sylvia, uh, there's there's nothing here. Uh, no buildings, no people, no civilization. Uh, certainly no one working, resting or playing. I mean, absolutely nothing. So what can you see, Jeremy? Well, just a huge expanse of red desert. Uh, canyons, there's the odd dry lake bed and just... Well, red dust everywhere. Jeremy, have you gone to the planet Mars? That's right, Sylvia, I have. <sighs> Jeremy Pipette there. 
34 million miles away on another planet, and not in Slough. Coming up next, a Crime Watch special with Anne Hegarty and the corpse of Bruce Forsyth. They used to run around with holes in their shoes Now I'm wearing barber And I'm in Jimmy Choo's The dear bees tuned to Radio 4 The online shops from Waitrose Middle class observations Yes, it's time for a new feature and it's the return of our feature, Middle Class Observations. <laughs> and we've even got a, a snazzy new jingle for it there as well. Oh, I thought that was one of our new jingles. Yeah. One of our best, I think. I think so, definitely. <laughs> right, now, uh, for this one, it kind of carries on from the last middle class observations that we did when I was talking about lighting the fire and <laughs> the newspapers and the, gar- <laughs> the Guardian's yeah. better for lighting the paper than the <laughs> Daily Mirror. And the reason it carries on is because last week we had the chimney sweep in, didn't we? Uh, yes. To sweep the chimney, <laughs> strangely <laughs> does, enough. Does the chimney sweep sweep yeah. the chimney? I came over and I think, that's <laughs> why is the chimney sweep? <laughs> no, that didn't happen. And then I covered it and said he was here to sweep the chimney. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He was really here. I was here all the time and it was here to sweep the chimney but um we give them a cup of tea obviously and uh what i uh mm-hmm. noticed what i observed mm-hmm. was that when you gave him a cup of tea you gave him one of them like crappy cups from the back of the cupboard that we don't use anymore yes yes was there a reason for that at all <laughs> no i just gave him one of the cups from the back. One of, of the... one of the cups, yeah, that we don't use anymore. That we think are really scuzzy. They're not. They're not. No. They're not good enough for us anymore. I think they've even got chips in them, <laughs> and they're all dirty and faded from the dishwasher. Not good enough for us anymore. But oh yeah, good enough for the <laughs> menial workman who comes around. Well, I don't want sooty handles. <laughs> That's what Sweep said. <laughs> Love handles. <laughs> Get your sooty hands off me! So, but I think you know what's. I, that, is that like a? Is that a thing? Is it's that a de- middle class? Well, they're they're builders' cups, aren't they? They builders' cups. Yeah, well, you give the builders those cups because you don't <laughs> care if they get broken. Well, no, that's fair enough. That's understand. I, I totally get that because I don't want my cups broken by some twat who comes around to I don't know fix the washing machine or whatever yeah and I don't want sooty bony handles <laughs> on my bone china that's what Sue said <laughs> no 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 but it, um it comes from that's well, it's definitely not, a middle class thing though it's isn't it not, builders cups no it's not it's a from a sensible adult workman around I t- I'll tell you what happened to me before do you remember that Tasmanian devil cup that you bought me I do yes yes well you know why I haven't got it anymore <laughs> What? Did a builder break it? A builder it? fucking nicked it. Nicked it? Nicked it. From my mum's house, I was living at home and it was out and she gave it to one of the builders. That was one of her builder's cups. Because <laughs> it wasn't so one of her bone china. The cup that I bought for you, yep. she used it as one of she, her builder's as cups. As one of her builder's cups, along with me Teletubbies one. Oh. But she didn't give him the Teletubbies one. She gave him She gave him the, um, the Tasmanian, the, the Tasmanian one. one and he pissed off with it. What Never a saw it twat. Again. Yeah. The builder, I mean, not your mum. <laughs> or the Tasmanian devil. Or the ta- yeah, well, he was a twat, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, well, so there you go. There you go. Hope Another that little, clears uh, it up for you. Little middle class observation. <laughs> Builder's cup. <laughs> Who do they think they're trying to kid with their middle class observations? 
history brought to life a few years BC. Aya God. Oh, hello, Abraham. I did what you asked. I killed me only son. What? Yeah, I sacrificed Isaac. Told you I would. Oh, I love you so much. What? You actually killed him? Yep. I took him to the region of Moriah, sacrificed him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, just like you asked. Did I pass the test? Ooh, um, yeah, shit, Abraham. That was just a wind-up. You are? Yeah, just kind of winding you up there. Well, I thought it was the ultimate test for me, Lord God Almighty. Nope. Just sticking about with you, you know, didn't really think you'd do it. Orcs. Jokes that make you laugh, jokes, jokes that make you cry, jokes, jokes that are really, really funny. Ha ha. Jokes. <laughs> it's a good one. Right. Are you ready? Yeah. What do you. <laughs> Come on. What do you call a computer superhero? <laughs> what What do you call a, com- a computer superhero? <laughs> it's. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I try, I try. Is it something Ram? Something to do with Ram? <laughs> Ram? Ram Man? Or is it Ram Man? Ram. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if I go out in the middle of the night tonight and see you chasing all the sheep around yeah. the field, I'm Ram Man. That's Ram Man superhero. I, I have a cloak of wool. <laughs> And I can headbutt you from 50 yards. <laughs> Ram man could be taken a different way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, do you want to hear the punchline? Oh, yeah, go on then. Yeah, I prefer the Ram man. <laughs> so what was it? Was it a superhero computer? What, is, uh, what was the joke? What do you call a computer superhero? A computer superhero, yes. Keyboard warrior. <laughs> Oh, that's got a different connotation completely. <laughs> the keyboard, no? Okay, go on then, what is it? A screensaver. Oh! <laughs> that was terrible. Oh. God. <laughs> Talk about an animal. I much prefer Ram Man or Keyboard Warrior. <laughs> Puny humans. I am Makala, leader of the Grasmatrons, your overlords. I am now going to hand you over to Raymond, the writer, producer, and director of our TV sitcom, At Home with the Megalas. Oh, at Home with the Megalas. Shut up. Which was going to be a key deliverable in our pre-invasion propaganda plans. Needless to say, I am disappointed to have received letters this morning from all your major TV networks declining our product. But he, alas, is beside himself. Feel his wrath, humanity. Why? 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 I followed the guidelines, copied the masters. Hell, I even formatted the script correctly. But no, no, you just cast me aside like some unwanted revival of birds of a feather. What? They brought back birds of a feather? They brought it back? Ah! How can this be? Our idea was perfect. Sunday evening, family viewing, combining all the 
grace and subtlety of the Osbournes with the hard-edged wit and humour of Terry and June. But you wouldn't even give it a try, would you? No! You just looked at it on the page and threw it back at me. I bet you didn't even watch the VHS tape we put together with seven and a half minutes. Yes, minutes of usable black and white footage we filmed. Well, well, I can take the hint. It's your loss. We'll, we'll just have to invade without entertaining and brainwashing you first. And see how you like it that way. Ah, send off the invasion! Send off the invasion! Destroy humanity! Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on there, Raymond. That's my call. I am Lord of the Grass Patrons. Then give the order... There are lots of factors to consider. Such as? Well, it's nearly harvest time. We need resources and supplies. We're better off consolidating our approach and invading them sometime after Christmas, perhaps. I don't believe... Then think of all of the extra episodes we could make before, then. We could show them our own television network. They won't commission crap like that here. Uh, why do you think I was trying to get stuff made for humans instead? Great Halma's ghost, if you won't invade them. I will. Attack! No, Raymond. You're too artistic. And camp. Camp? I'll show you. Give me your gun. It's quite heavy. Watch out for the new doors they've got. Laser reflective surfaces. Oh, Raymond. Alas, you were just too sensitive to your critics. Trooper? Yes, sire. Oh, crikey. Arrange a public mourning for tomorrow. Tomorrow already has a morning, sire. Who for? Well, everyone, sire. Well, scrap that. This morning will be for the death of Raymond and the loss to our cultural heritage. This morning, sire? I thought you said tomorrow morning. It's a bit late to arrange something for this morning now. It's already gone midday. Listen to me, trooper. This morning of which I speak will be tomorrow. I see. And when would you like that morning tomorrow, sire? 2 p.m. should be fine. You want tomorrow's morning to be at 2 p.m.? Yes, arrange it immediately. You don't think 2 p.m. is perhaps a weensy bit afternoony to be a morning? We can have a public morning session in the afternoon. If you say so, my lord. I do! And while you're at it, arrange for the broadcast system to run a repeat season of Raymondi's complete works. By Saint Cyanide. Are you sure, sire? His stuff was awful. There may be rioting. Anyone found not observing the morning will be shot. Go now. Yes, sir. And as for humanity... You will pay for the shame and untimely death of the Graspatron's greatest cultural icon. Once we have got the harvesting and the Christmas and some other public holidays out of the way, we will rise again and crush you into submission. Enjoy your freedom while it lasts, mankind. Ah! Well, um... Paul's had to leave the studio for a few minutes. He's just remembered that today's the day he has to polish his best performance award he won a few years ago for his one-man show, so he's he's gone off to do that. But not to worry, because I'm delighted to say that we're joined in the studio by Kylie Lichberg-Ball. 
Hello, Kylie. G'day, Nessa. It's great to be back. Uh-huh. And how have you been since we last saw you? Ah, oh, you know, yeah, been trying to keep busy. I've been uh, strumming the old banjo a lot. Excuse me? Yeah, nothing better when you're spending a lot of time in the house by yourself than strumming the old banjo. I, I Kylie, no, I, I don't think that's very appropriate, really. Why not? There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I know, but there's no need to be so blatant about telling us, though. We don't want to know what sordid things you get up into the privacy of your own home. Yeah, well, there's nothing sordid about it. I mean, it's a great pastime. I've been strumming my banjo for 15 years now. Look, I'll show you my instrument if you like. No, 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 no. Paul will be back in here. Don't get your instrument out. No, there, look. I see I brought it in with me. (laughs) I thought you were... Ah, sounds great, doesn't it? Oh, bloody hell, Kylie. I thought you meant your todger, you know. What? Never mind, just get on with this story, will you? Oh. Right, okay, I will do, Nessa. Put me big instrument down over here. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, snapped a G-string. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm improvising, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, g'day, little Bruces and Sheilas. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of the tiger who came to tea. <laughs> now, strap in, kiddiewinks, because this one's a real mind fuck. <laughs> One day, a little girl called Sophie was having her tucker with her mummy in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, there they are, minding their own business, eating a bit of tea before Daddy gets home, mm-hmm. when there's a knock at the door. <laughs> Who's that, mummy wonders? It can't be the milkman, because I fucked him already today. (laughs) And it can't be the grocer boy, because this isn't the day for him to come round and give me a good seeing to. (laughs) I mean, that's not exactly what she says, but the implication's there in the text, right? (laughs) So, anyway, little Sophie opens the door. Now, what the mother is doing, letting her small child open the door to a potential stranger is anybody's guess, but there you go. But anyway, she opens the door, and who is it? who's politely tapping at their door there. It's a fucking great tiger. (laughs) And the tiger can speak, by the way. And he's a ballsy little fucker as well, because he just comes right out and asks him if he can come in for some tea. And they say yes. And it's the mother who says yes, by the way. Not little Sophie whose limited experience of life hasn't yet equipped her with the full parameters of the awareness of the myriad of dangers <laughs> lurking within the world. <laughs> and will therefore, you know, conceivably see no harm in inviting a fucking stripy carnivorous <laughs> predator bastard into the house. <laughs> so anyway, in comes the tiger. And then, what follows is basically the tiger taking the almighty piss out of these two <laughs> idiots. I mean, he eats them out of house and home, and he doesn't give a fuck about any of it, (laughs) quite frankly. (laughs) Sandwiches, buns, biscuits and cakes, all the milk, the orange juice, all the tea in the teapot, all the water (laughs) in the bloody tap. (laughs) However the fuck he manages that, for Christ's sake. He eats all the supper, cooking all the saucepans, (laughs) all the food in the fridge, all the packets and tins in the cupboard, everything (laughs) gone. Thank you for my nice tea, he then says. I think I'd better go now. And off he fucks. I mean, what an absolute A-grade cunt. So then, 
What happens next, right? <laughs> to make matters worse, Sophie's daddy comes home and he finds out what's been going on. That this intruder has infiltrated his way into the family home and taken advantage of his good wife and his defenceless little daughter. He's bullied them and terrorised them into handing over all of their food. Now, the daddy's incensed, right? <laughs> he's apoplectic with rage, right? He's shouting, he's phoning the police, he's asking his wife, did she get a good look at him, right? You know, could mm-hmm. she describe mm-hmm. him? He, he's threatening to go around there and beat this tiger fucker to death with a baseball bat, right? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right? Right? Yes, yes. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh. I know. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. He's got a much better idea. <laughs> you know what it is? No. Let's all put on our coats, <laughs> he suggests, and go to a cafe. <laughs> You've just come home to find your gaff ransacked by a 300 kilogram carnivorous wild animal and you want to fucking eat out. <laughs> so anyway, off they all trudge down the road in the fucking dark now, <laughs> by the way. Right? And they go to a cafe and eat fucking sausages and chips and ice cream and probably avoid looking at each other in the eye and hope that none of them ever speaks of this ever again. And then, in the morning, Sophie and her idiot mother go shopping for more food. <laughs> including a big tin of tiger food, apparently, so fuck knows where they're going for the weekly shop. Just in case the tiger decides to come back, they say. But it never does. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, there you go, little mm. Bruces and Sheilas. The tiger who came to tea. <laughs> Yet another perfect metaphor for existence. Just when you're quietly getting on with your humdrum little life, somebody bigger or stronger or way more powerful than you will suddenly turn up and fuck everything up for you <laughs> and you're just going to have to make other plans and carry on with your head down and hope that they don't notice you again for a very long time. <laughs> My name's Kylie Lidgebird Ball and I'll see you on the next edition of Jack of fucking Nori. G'day. <laughs> Oh, Kylie, thank you for that. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucking welcome. I'm a little bit annoyed, if I'm honest. Would you like a cup of tea? Yeah, I'd love a cup of tea. I'll Thanks, get the sure. builder's cup oh, out. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, come on, Paul, come back and help me. Oh, bye, Kylie. Yeah, I'll see you later. I might, see you. <laughs> might come and do the Christmas special. Oh, God help us. Yeah, I've already got an idea yeah, in I mind. I you have. Merry fucking Christmas, Bruce's and Sheila's. <laughs> History brought to life the early 11th century. I, King Canute, command you, Tide, to go back, back, Tide, back. You see, it's not working. Stop coming in, Tide. You're getting closer, Tide. I command you to stop. It's getting very close now, do you see, everyone? Get back, Tide. Stop it. Stop it. Bloody hell, couldn't you see I was drowning out there, dickheads? What the hell does it take to get through to you people?
This ball's rank, you can hear it's coming. His veins are coming up, his head's gonna explode. He's gonna go on and on and on. This ball's rank. Come on then, Happy Chops. <laughs> that's, that's my new name for you. Happy Chops. Happy Chops rant. <laughs> uh, shall I tell you what this one is? Yes. TV continuity announcers who think they should have a personality. <laughs> that think they should all yeah. have. Like, like they, they, they come on the mic, you know, at seven o'clock. I'll do an impression of one, right? <laughs> Hi there. My name's Clyde and I'll be taking you through this evening's viewing for tonight. <laughs> fuck, fuck off, Clyde, right? I don't need you to do a little spick. Spick? Don't do a spick. <laughs> Don't need you to do a little. That was a that was a cross between stick and spiel. Anyway, whatever it is, I don't need you to talk. Just tell us what fucking programs on next. That's all you need to do, right? That's all that's in your job description. Announce what's on next. But it might not be what's in their job description. The producers and directors might say to them, um, "Connect with your audience. You need to connect more, darling, with your audience." I well, and that's then fine. That's how they connect with it, given Can- across personality. Yeah, but who needs personality to know that EastEnders is on next and then after that, only <laughs> Connect is on and then after that, University Challenge. Just tell us next on BBC Two. You Actually, to be fair, it's usually not the BBCs. It's more the Channel 4s and Channel 5s. Well, enough said. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's my own daft fault for watching them stupid fucking channels in the first place. Well, there's one solution, isn't there? What's Turn that? the volume down and just put up the TV <laughs> guide. Do you know what I think it is? I think you like ranting and I think half the time there's a... St- simple solution to any rant that you come up with but you just don't bother doing it do you know what channel four i take it all back if you give me my own show where i just get to rant for half an hour your continuity announcers can say what the fuck they're like <laughs> I can do, hi my name's clyde and now on channel four that cunt paul is gonna rant at you for an hour <laughs> that i could buy into can i be the continuity announcer <laughs> yeah. Just to call you cunt live on air. Oh, it's your staff. Getting really angry with trivial, pointless, pathetic little things. That was Paul's rant. Hello, I'm Frank Drillbit. And I'm Veronica Bleach. And this is Newspipe, the hard-hitting investigative show that sticks a knife in the toaster of news and laughs as we're flung across the kitchen. Tonight, a crime exclusive. Lord Lucan, Amelia Earhart, Shergar. All famous for having gone missing without trace or explanation. But Toyland was rocked by the biggest disappearance of the century. And after years of speculation, it was finally discovered that Big Ears had actually been kidnapped. On Newspipe tonight, we talk to the head of the Jumbo Mafia gang that was behind the kidnapping, Don Trunchio. (coughs) Don Trunchio, let's get right to it. You never showed any remorse for your actions. Can you at least explain them for our listeners? Yeah, sure. Let me tell you, sweetheart, it's a jungle out there, okay? And truth be told, it was controlled by just a few families. The Liononis, the Giraffe Carnas, and Vito Chituto's boys in the Jungle Bronx. But us Trunchios were starting to make a name for ourselves, getting in on more and more of the jungle action, so to speak. And I decided one day that we needed to make a really big gesture, you know, so as to really put us on the map. So, I came up with this scam. 
What made you so sure it would work? Well, we figured it would be easy in and out in a day or two. It seemed like Noddy really loved his freaky bearded gnome buddy. I mean, liked him a bit too much, if you know what I mean. I have to say, Don Truncio, that's a very offensive comment. You're being rather homophobic. Hey, you can accuse me of many things, but one thing I ain't is homophobic. I love all the creators of ancient Greek literature. Never mind. Back to the crime. Well, we thought it would be easy money. I mean, Noddy drives a taxi cab. You know how much those greedy punks make? It'd be a steal. But then, it all went pear-shaped when he wouldn't pay up. Seemed he wasn't such a big fan of his pal Big Ears after all. So what did you do then? Well, we laid low for a while, held on to the gnome, and tried to come up with ways to persuade Noddy to pay. You know, like... We'd cut up bits of Big Ear's fishing rod and send it back with threatening notes. That kind of thing. But nothing ever worked. Didn't it worry you that one of Noddy's personal friends was a member of the law enforcement community? Who, Plod? Are you kidding me? Ha! We've had PC Plod in our back pocket since day one. No, no, no. He wasn't doing nothing about Big Ear's disappearance. So you had hold of your hostage, you weren't letting him go. But then things changed, didn't they? Yeah, you could say that. We got ratted out. That's right. You were exposed by an informant, Henry Hillifant. Henry fucking Hillifant, that two-faced rat bastard. Even wrote a fucking book about it. I tell you, if I ever get my front leg feet on him, I'll stomp his fucking neck flat. Well, that's hardly likely, is it, Don Tronchio, as you're currently serving a life sentence with no chance of parole. Huh. So what's it like in prison? Well, yeah, it's not too bad now. You get used to it, you know. Beats being in the circus. Plus, I'm allowed one trunk call a day and all the peanuts I can eat. Well, there you go. That's it for Newspipe this week. Join us next time when we'll have an exclusive interview with Prince Philip, who will be telling us all about the actual fox hat. Goodbye. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Adolf Hitler. Oh, I like it already. <laughs> Adolf Hitler helped design the Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, poor little Herbie. He did not. He did. What? <laughs> he designed the Volkswagen Beetle. He helped design. He helped to design. He helped design it. <laughs> Adolf Hitler. Yes, the, the Adolf. Adolf <laughs> How many Adolf Hitlers do you know? Well, the you know, Adolf. There, there might be a perfectly innocent Adolf Hitler working in the Volkswagen. Who factory. would call that? <laughs> I mean, for one thing, if your surname was Hitler anywhere, but then if you had a kid and called him Adolf, kind of twisted fucker would do that. But anyway, back to the Volkswagen. Yeah, anyway. But all right, so yeah. was he, was was this before Hitler became, you know, leader of the Third Reich? Well, you, that, you joke was about that. Was he working that. in, the, in he... a factory or something <laughs> as a kid? Fucking no, I've never died. <laughs> I've never really bothered to sit down and learn okay. about pre-war no. Adolf Hitler. He was a painter, apparently. <laughs> Quite a good painter. Well, he was a mechanic as well now. <laughs>
You made a fucking terrible job on my skirt. And... <laughs> hey, da, 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 da. Strange but true. It's strange but true. History brought to life, 1455. I think white roses it took best. Well, I think red roses are best. Tit white. Red. Tit white. Red, 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 York tit. Tit white, 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 you Lancaster git. Right, come here, you little twat. I've got to kick I'll you. you. Come I'm on. i have you. You want to fight? You little no, I'll white show you wimp. Fight. Oh, hey, come on, no. then, you bastard. Ooh. Ow, ah. Hey, ah. Oof. Oh, yeah. Uh. Oof. Ah. Ah. Oh, holy cream crackers! <laughs> well, here we are again at the end of another episode. Yes, so oh, here we Ooh, are. Well, where are that. we? Oh, here we are. We're at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, keep you know liking us and sharing us and tweeting about us and leave us a review on your podcast platform thing. Um, Good at this, ain't we? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said at the start. You'd think we've got the hang of this by now. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's nearly the end of the series. Anyway, I'll uh, see you on episode 16 if, if, if we, we, we get ma- there. Bye. See ya. Bye. History brought to life. The beginning of time. You've been listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour, conceived, written and performed by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen. Sketches were written by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen. Megala was written by Tim Gambrell and featured the additional voices of David Foster and Jordan Todd. Incidental music was by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io. The script editor was Paul Dunn. Happy Hour is a Crank Danville production. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.